0: olympics podcast returning you to some athlete interviews new athlete interviews been a been a little bit since i've had one of these of course off the back of the youth winter olympics and our best of now we're back into the interviews what an interview that we are getting straight into today as we get closer and closer five months can you believe it less than half a year to the paris olympics breaking is making its debut at those olympic games we've had a couple of breakers on the show before rachel gunn we had on the show of course australia's first ever female olympian in the sport of breaking and today we have got for you the first ever male olympian in the sport of breaking for australia jeff dunn jeff qualified as part of the oceanic championships last year in Sydney to be Australia's male representative at the Olympic Games. And this is a fantastic chat with Jeff, learning about his journey into the sport, how young he was when he started, and that he's still so young. Jeff, still amazingly, 16 years of age, still so very young and now an Olympian. And Jeff talks about that journey, just that passion for breaking, his dreams of becoming an Olympian in different sports, some interesting sports, and also some other sports that he took part in growing up, which very much diversify from the world of breaking, not really connected in any way, but still a lot of fun to learn about. And just that journey getting to the qualifying and just everything that went through his mind on that weekend when he did qualify for the Olympics in Sydney. It's fascinating to kind of get his insight into just how everything played out that weekend. And of course, what is going to happen between now and Paris? We recorded this episode at the very end of last year. So obviously a couple of months have passed since we recorded it, but As he mentions in this interview, there's still a lot to get to in between now and when he makes that journey to Paris and creates history as Australia's first ever male breaking athlete. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great stuff at this interview. You're going to get a lot out of it. Sit back and relax and listen to our chat with Australian Olympic breaker, Jeff Dunn. We know we're very excited about breaking, making its debut at the Paris Olympics. And I'm very, very excited to be able to speak to our next guest today, qualified for the Paris Olympics, winning the Oceanic Qualifying Tournament in 2023, and will be creating history as Australia's first ever male breaking athlete at the Olympic Games. It is a pleasure to welcome to Off The Podium, Jeff Dunn. Jeff, welcome to Off The Podium. Hello, hello. I, I should say J-Attack. Is that is that more appropriate in this context to introduce you as J-Attack? Um, if you want, but like, I think just, just fine. Just fine, just fine. I always I always like to find out, though, from our breaking guests about the, the name. J-Attack, I mean, did was that something that you got adopted early? Was that given to you? How, how does J-Attack yeah, come about?
1: That, that name was given to me. So when I was like, I think, eight or nine, my coach gave me the name J-Attack because... Way like I dance, I kind of like attacked the floor and attacked all like the you know movements or the combinations I had to do, and like my name starts with a J, so we just thought attack and J J attack. It that worked. just
0: came to be. and the and the rest is the rest is history. Because you started very young, you were seven if I'm not mistaken yeah. when you started breaking. Yeah. So how how do you get involved in breaking?
1: Well, um originally my sister used to do hip hop lessons, and then. Um, in another room, because we were in a studio, there was, she was in a room and then a room next to her, um, there was a breakdance, uh, classroom. So I used to go in there and just like, just watch, you know, and it got to the point where I just thought that some of the moves were just so easy that I started doing it. i realized how fun breakdancing was, you know, and then we moved down to New South Wales because we used to live in Queensland. We moved um, on the board of New South Wales and Queensland in the Eds. And um, that's when I really started to take on breakdancing. And then I just, just fell in love with breaking. Ever since then, I haven't stopped.
0: Which, were you very athletic? Were you doing other sports and all that sort of stuff at the same time? Yeah,
1: um, like I used to play a lot of soccer. Um, before, like I really took breaking on. I used to run. I used to swim. I played basketball when I was in year eight or two years ago. You know, I skate, I surfed, um, played, I've been into golf, you know, so wow. I, I play, a, I used to play a lot of like different things just as a hobby, just keep myself entertained.
0: I, I like that discrepancy between breaking and golf. If I was to take two sports on different ends of the spectrum, I think I'd probably go with golf and breaking. I mean, that, that's a big difference between the two sports. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that one sort of, I guess re- relaxing. I don't I know. Golf isn't always relaxing, but I mean, is that more of a just? a... I don't. I don't even know how I could compare the two there, Jeff. I really don't. I'm trying to think of a way to connect them, but uh, yeah. you, you know, was it was one just better than the other, and that's why breaking ended up coming out on top.
1: Um, I'm I'm not too sure. I just just suddenly found golfing amusing. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, like all these sports, I just suddenly thought were fun you know and that that's how I got good at them just because they were fun and I just became addicted to them for a while but I think breaking is the most fun I've ever had in any sport.
0: Was there ever any I guess harboring dreams for an Olympics because we we know obviously the breaking journey is a different one this is only a recent addition to the Olympics and when you had started breaking this was never really an Olympic sport but through those other sports that you were doing had you sort of grown up watching the Olympics ever thought that that would be a good dream to kind of push towards?
1: Yeah. I used to, um, think, um, running, I'd be good at running or like even soccer, you know, but yeah, mainly running because I was always just naturally fast, you know, I was never like fast with hard work or anything. Cause I never did like running training or like, you know, work in the morning, did five K's you know, every day. But, um, yeah, I always thought I was, um, if anything, to go to the Olympics, I thought I'd be good at running, but obviously not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> found found another pathway there. What was it like when you came to New South Wales to pursue breaking? What was the scene like as, as someone as young as you were and, and kind of was it uh, booming, growing or kind of like where was it sitting when you first kind of moved to New South Wales to do it?
1: Um, the breaking scene that I was seeing, and it was like since I'm on the border of New South Wales and Queensland, it's just, just me. I'm, I'm the only freaker that ever, you know, dances. I'm always in Queensland dancing because that's where my crew is. So, like, I'm the only one in the crew that lives in New South Wales. Wow. And the, the rest of the B-boys in New South Wales are in, uh, in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. It's kind of a, a, a bit of a different transition. Do you find it sort of though like, in terms of that community? Because I know when we had Rachel on a few months ago and she was talking about that real tight-knit of the community, that given the the growth of the sport we've seen recently that sort of the queensland breakers the new south wales breakers the victoria other states sort of when you guys come together there is a real close knit and kind of you just all come together for that love of the sport of breaking yeah yeah the,
1: yeah when i joined um uh, breaking and especially uh, when i joined my crew team queen i i felt this yeah connection and like very close bond with all of them like it felt like like older siblings to me and like You know, really close friends that I can always rely on or, like, I'm always glad that I get to see them in the afternoon and I get to train with them, you know. We, like, you know, go off each other's energy whenever we train. It's just every time I train with my crew, it's just just crazy, you know. We're we're always doing something new, teaching off of each other, learning new moves from each other. Yeah.
0: You mentioned your sister doing hip-hop dancing at the time. What what was her kind of thoughts on you getting into... Breaking did she ever give breaking a crack once you sort of uh, started going through the ranks? Yes,
1: yeah, she did. Yeah, she took on breaking um uh, when I started breaking, but um she stopped I think for a little bit for 2 3 years because she wanted to pursue acting and she's doing really well on that right now. Wow. Yeah. But she she's uh getting back into it, you know, just for the fitness and just for the fun of it.
0: So yeah fantastic what what's what have we seen her in anything is she sort of been out, out and about and kind of what what, um, what have we seen her in not as
1: much she she's just been in just some local competitions that um that were ages ago you know like 2016 2017 right but yeah I, I reckon if she she kept
0: going she would have been like really good there you go good to good to hear that i i love your reading about your training regime and through all those sports that you were saying and and, and everything along those lines but the fact that you're you're basically up at five a.m. four days a week. Yeah, you're doing all this sort of training kind of with that. At what age do you kind of start getting into that real mindset of of that almost addiction to training, Jeff? Because that that takes a lot to be able to commit to that level of training.
1: Yeah, I think it was um um when I was fourteen. It was after like one of my first like major jams that I was around like international major jams and I was around a bunch of these kids that were just way better than me. And it was all because they just trained way more than me because back then before the competition that influenced me to train, I used to only train like one or two hours a day. Right. But then those kids like seeing those kids and how good they were, you know, just because of the hard work that they put in, I realized that I need to up my game as well. If I want to make the Olympics and show that, you know, I'm worthy to be, to be, you know, dancing and standing and um, honoring breaking. So I upped, you know, I upped my training schedule, you know, waking up at five in the morning, I just felt that determination and I just really disciplined myself, you know, just to work harder and, it, you know, it's paid off.
0: In terms of that training. So take us through a general 5am wake up call for Jeff, Jeff Dunn. Like what, what, are, what are you doing in that training period?
1: Um, in the morning, it's all about like my style and my charisma and like my flavor and like my presence. So since, um, you know, in the morning, you uh, you really got to wake yourself up, you know, it's really hard, you know, to get yourself up. That's where, it's where like, you know, you really got to be strong in your mind to force yourself to wake up. So, um, you know, when I'm training, I'm just thinking about like my style, like I said, and just like you know, trying to make myself look cooler, you know, because in breaking it's all about the perspective of someone, you know, it's everything's about, um. you know, looking at how someone is viewed and all that, you know. So, yeah, it's just about like when I do my moves, if I look cool in them, what freezes or how moves look nice, what don't, you know, it's just a lot of thinking you know, and a lot of just like just time, you know, it takes a lot of time.
0: Is that a lot um, of training in front of a mirror or do you have like a camera where you are kind of able to go back and review the tape or maybe even a bit of both?
1: It's just my, my camera, and my iPhone, you know, I just take myself, you know, sometimes, you know, I like the way I dance in certain days and other times I don't like the way I dance, you know, and it also depends on like how I'm feeling in my dancing, you know, because sometimes, you know, I might not be able to feel like I'm dancing good. So I just, more I just. You know, train all my power
0: moves and grips, and so what I love hearing. This is what I love about the sport, is because you know Rachel really gave us that insight of of even the the word being used as sport is kind of sort of subjective sometimes in breaking because it is it's almost an art form where, as you say, you're working on that style and everything along those lines because it's not like say gymnastics where you're on a vault and you're you're trying to get flips and rotations and landings. It's it's so free flowing and diverse at what you're training this week come Paris. It might not even be remotely what you sort of perform on that day. Is it?
1: Yeah. There's like, like in battles, you know, there's so many times we like, there's a B boy that like, does just crazy power, you know, crazy hard little tricks. And he just gets smoked by this guy, which is extremely nice, effortless style and flavor, you know, and everyone just cheers for him because he has that, who flair and steers to him, you know.
0: It's and it's, it's so fascinating to kind of have that because I can imagine that you could be sitting on something that you've just been absolutely, you know, like I'm I'm nailing this, and then come the day you've got a b boy up against you, and you're just like shit. And, like-
1: it, and it also, it also depends on like judges, you know. Yeah. It's judges, you know, they can't always, you know, vote for like what you think is right. You know, they just vote for what they feel is right. You know, so some things they might. Like more than others, like I know I've seen a bunch of judges that I haven't approved of because you know they like style more than tricks, you know, but there have been judges that I really like because they like tricks more than style, so it just depends on which judges and that's just that just comes to like just knowing them and like personally knowing them as well, you know,
0: and I can imagine then that it's sort of. I guess you would find out who the judges are for a competition, you know, slightly in advance. So then yeah, you, you yeah. adapt your sort of what you're going into that competition to, as you're saying, suit that judge. Yeah. So, yeah. To kind of work it that way, which it must make it interesting because, you know, we're, we're here on the show and a lot of people, I think are learning a lot about this sport and kind of everything ahead of the Olympics. And one of the more fascinating aspects I learned is in regards to say the music, that that's not something that you really, know too much about until the day of it which again also makes it very challenging so how are you able to through that training like do you use different styles of music on certain days to try and kind of just get yourself used to that unknown I mean how can you prepare for something that you don't even know is going to happen until the day of the competition
1: yeah you don't really just prepare when it comes to like music you just like when i'm training you know especially when i'm doing intense training or like training with my coaches i just search up b-boy breaking beats 2023 or 2024 and it just comes up with a bunch of beats you know so i think all of the beats these days are the same you know and that's the that's the real problem um these days with beats you know um every single beat or every single mixtape that we listen to just sounds the same you know mm. like back when i was like growing up breaking the music you know it was very lyrical and it was like there there's a lot of different tunes and tones in it you know different um like instruments in there that you could really listen to now nowadays it's just like the hat the snare the you know you know maybe guitar at the time you know but there are some like um beats that are very iconic for having its own like style or flavor because of because someone made it big you know but sometimes there are Sometimes that like you feel familiar of, and that's when you can really adapt to that with your sets.
0: The journey, sort of going through the ranks, going up uh, 2019 Australian Youth Champion, going all over the world, uh, competing in places like China, Taiwan, the US. Uh, I mean, kind of how did that help you along this journey? And we'll obviously touch on qualifying for Paris, but I mean, I can imagine going around the world going up against B-Boys of a variety of different ages. You're obviously beating a lot of people uh, much older than you. And then mm-hmm. to to make top 10 in the world, essentially, I mean, kind of I can imagine that, that that really helped into this little journey that we will get to about qualifying for an Olympic Games.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, just going around to all these places, you know, just seeing how good and developed a lot of these B-Boys are and like their own style. And the way they do it, you know, it's so inspiring to see that there are lots of great B-boys, you know, that I've met and I've linked up with and I've made great connections with, you know. And I think they've, they've also helped me, you know, especially like in America. I have a lot of friends from America and Hawaii, you know, that uh, I have a great connection with, you know, and they've really helped me develop, you know, in different aspects of my breaking. you yeah. And then also just seeing the level of like where I should be at, especially if I've made it to the Olympics, you know, like the standard in Japan, you know, is much more hectic than the standard in Australia, you know? So that's, that also pushes me, you know, to be better because, you know, I want to be at the standard of the highest.
0: Cause it's, I guess, getting exposed to those athletes uh, uh, around the world because yeah. like most sports, you know, different regions of the world will have different styles. So I, I guess it kind of uh, it, it helps you on that journey.
1: Yeah, for sure,
0: 100%. Do you remember when they announced breaking was going to be an Olympic sport and, and what was that like when you found out that, okay, the Olympic Games are now a possibility if I keep going with this?
1: Yeah, they, they announced the Olympics for breaking, I think, three years ago, almost four years ago. Mm. I think it was in, like, March or something. They announced it. I'm not too sure. But, like, I remember telling my mom, like, when they announced it, I'm like, I'm going to the Olympics. That's all I said. Well, so I'm going to the Olympics, you know? Because, like, I was at, like, I was just old enough to go to the Olympics, you know? I'd, I'd just be old enough because, like, we calculated it and, like, we found sources, like, how old do you have to be or like when do you have to be born to be able to go to the olympics and i realized i was um two months um older and i uh, like for the cutoff line to be able to go to the olympics you know wow. so i thought you know i'm, I'm just going to train super hard for this this is like a great milestone and achievement you know to get me better in my breaking career it really helped my rep and all that so yeah and it,
0: because we we yeah. need to point out that you are still only sixteen, Jeff. So I mean, like, we should be possibly sitting here talking about you going to a youth Olympics first. <laughs> like, I mean, you're still sort of you're old enough to be going to a youth Olympics, let alone obviously the the full Olympics. But that that's incredible. I love that kind of like attitude that you say that to your mum and kind of have that motivation because I guess it does give you that extra incentive. You're already doing so well, but then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, here we go. Look at look at where I can be in a couple of years' time, and in Paris as well, of all places
1: yeah yeah, I reckon it was just like um, just God saying, you know this is your time to shine, this is your time to you know make your name and put it on the map for breaking. So, yeah
0: And it's then that journey that obviously leads to Sydney at the time of recording this uh, obviously a, a couple of months ago. What, what was the mindset like in the lead up to that tournament, knowing that this was the event that could seal your ticket to Paris?
1: Just, um, just like having the attitude of just, just waking up in the morning and just doing it, just doing my sets, just doing, you know, practicing new moves, you know, and just, yeah, especially in the, like a month out from the qualifying to get to the Olympics, I was just like, just wake up in the morning, you know, every single day, you know, just force yourself up. Yeah, just have that mentality of just, just doing it, you know, just doing it, just training your ass off, you know. And just, you know,
0: just putting that work in, you know. Is it what's the gym work like for you? You talk about power moves and everything along those lines. Like what sort of aspects if you're doing strength training, cardio, all those sort of things, like what what are you doing to kind of help with your moves?
1: Um, especially for the lead up for the Olympics, there was a lot of like cardio work in my upper body. So like a lot of like handstand holds and a lot of like repetition in my sets you know because sets only go for like 30 40 seconds but if you do them like five times i can really like gas you you know so a lot of cardio but like a few months out it's, it was like mobility work and you know obviously strength work um core work you know and also just getting my body much more flexible
0: And in terms of nutrition i i, I believe you work with a nutritionist so kind of what is there an average diet for a breaker like that kind of helps you in terms of being fine-tuned for an event
1: yeah the, the, we found out that like it's more um breakers burn more than like two thousand calories per session wow in, like, an hour. wow so like i was doing like four hours that's almost like what like six thousand or eight thousand calories or something like that Damn. so I'd, I'd have to have like a lot of food you know like intake you know but we realized that um it also depends on what food i have like there's food that can really help that can really benefit me we call it the food like um it helps me break down in my stomach so like rice and like chicken and like obviously a lot of vegetables things that can break down in my stomach very easily before i go practice or for a competition especially for the Olympics on the day for the Olympic qualification I had a, I had a like a bar two hours before the jam then I had a banana an hour before the jam then I started having like like my, my coke 45 minutes before the jam for like um you know for like for like a sugar rush you know and all these just aspects that my diet is my um diet and just you know told me I had to do. It just really helped.
0: Got, got to love a sport that allows you to have some Coke before the, the event. Like, here you go, have a can. Like, I mean, that's um, a unique aspect of breaking. <laughs> yeah. that That's crazy, which, I mean, God, like, I, I, I couldn't say you could complain about that because the event itself was obviously held over a, a couple of days. And I can imagine, like, the mentality of that as well. Like, do do you are you a, an athlete who feels pressure? Do you relish on pressure? Kind of like, what was the mindset going into it?
1: Um, this, the, for the Olympic, um, qualification, I didn't really feel any pressure, you know, but like, obviously there probably was some pressure that, um, that could have been there, but, um, just on the day, it was just like, my mindset is just always just do my best, no matter what, you know, just do my best. And, uh, I will not be sad about that. You know? That's what anything I do, you know, it's like, as long as you do your best and you know, you've done your best. There's nothing to worry about, nothing to be ashamed of, because you put all of you out on the floor. There's nothing you could have put more.
0: And in terms of putting more out on the floor, I mean, you did that more. Obviously, uh, getting straight <laughs> through to the final and, and then and then winning. Uh, I mean, I love reading this quote, uh, the, an article on the ABC that that you said. When you saw the scoreboard, you told yourself you wouldn't cry, but then I saw my family and my friends soaked in tears, so I just had to let my emotions go. Was that just as soon as that moment hit, it was just like, here we go. I, I told you so, yeah. Mom, and everything just came out?
1: Yeah, it was mainly because, you know, uh, like coming up to that, um, the leader for the event, you know, it was just just so – there was so much things that we had to get through with like bookings and – um you know, flights and all that and an accommodation. Plus I, you know, my training was like really hard and having that discipline, you know, can really take a toll on you. And just like, just so much other things that was just on my mind, apart from just winning the event and just doing my best, you know, I just had to let it all go, you know? And after, after like, you know, I let all my emotions go. I just felt like, I felt so much lighter and so much better after the whole day. Probably because
0: I won. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that helps. But I mean, I, I can imagine too that it's a a weight off the shoulders, right? Like you, you, mm. you've, you've punched that ticket a, a decent amount. I mean, you, you're within the first couple of athletes from Australia to officially secure their spot in the game. So I guess with that pressure now off, it's about it's about keeping healthy, keeping fit, keeping training, and, and obviously keeping that form up ahead of July. So, I mean, it's that weight off the shoulders I can imagine that is also a big help leading into the Olympics next year.
1: Yeah. Also, also like the nerves that I I had, like before the competition were like crazy. Like my heart was pumping, like the night before I won the gym, because the competition was two days. And on the last day I could, I could not sleep. I had like two hours of sleep. I like, there was so much things going through my mind that like, you know, different outcomes, different things that could happen, you know, just so much things going through my mind. I was like sweating in bed. You know, my heart was pumping, you know. Felt like, you know, I wanted to puke before I went on stage, you know. But, like, yeah, it was wow. just crazy.
0: But do you find that at the end of the day that weirdly worked for you, though? Like, because, I mean, I, I watched the performance and, like, I just love that end. Or, I guess, correct me if I'm using this terminology wrong, Jeff. I was like that throwdown when you kind of just, like, you put it out there to them as soon as you finish your moves. I mean, like, it almost seemed like that just energized you and you were so pumped up right at the very end that it almost seemed like it might have helped.
1: Yeah, I think it was just like, um, it was like I left my, you know, game mode activated for like a whole, you know, two days, you know, it's like, I couldn't switch it off and like rest. It just, just, you know, I just felt like I just wanted to get it over and done
0: with. <laughs> get it there. I, I imagine you slept well that night. Did you, did you guys go out and celebrate? Was there much of a sort of a big family? We, we, get together? Ce-
1: we celebrated, um, when we got back from Sydney, right. um, But, like, yeah, I had a massive sleep the day. I think I had like 12, 14 hours sleep or something. Wow. Wow. I went to bed. I went to sleep like seven o'clock or something. (laughs) When everyone else was like partying and all that, I was
0: like, sleep. I was gone. You were were, were, were ready to go. Which, I mean, how did you find. I guess that attention that came from it, obviously a lot of media interviews and, and even sort of like something like this, but like between now and and next year, there's, there's going to be all this focus on it. How do you find kind of that, that new level of attention that is now put on you?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't really worry about it, but it is cool. Like knowing that, like there are people like you that want to come out, you know, and talk to me about, you know, my journey and like, you know, what I want to do in the future and like, what, um, you know, I want to do in the Olympics, you know, and like just, just supporting me to go to the Olympics and all that. I feel, I feel very grateful that people actually, um, you know, recognize me. And, yeah.
0: Cause it's also that, that history making aspect. I mean, you will forever be the first Australian male Olympic breaker that can never be taken away from you. So you will always be in the history books and it's also, I guess, growing, the sport isn't it? Like people can look up to you now and and see this as a possibility.
1: Yeah, especially in breaking. You know, breaking has really come far um, in a lot of things. You know, just from like the streets in New York to now being an official sport. You know, in the Olympics. You know, some people don't like it being called a sport. Others do. But like you know, in the end of the day, this is this is change and breaking. You know, breaking is t- taking it's you know taking it to another level now.
0: Which it's kind of also the, the flip side of it. We've, we've seen that breaking is not going to be in L.A. in 2028, of course, which, I mean, you progress this sport to an Olympic level, then all of a sudden you take it away straight away. But I guess on the positive side of that, Brisbane has the Olympics in 2032. Obviously, yeah. we're going to be a long way up until they officially announce the sports there. But it's kind of, should it return in 2032 it's a home Olympics then at least Jeff. So, I mean, what's that, that must be a weird variety of emotions to make an Olympics and knowing that it might not be another eight years until you can go back.
1: Yeah, it is weird. But like on the good side is that like once, you know, breaking, you know, is watched in the Olympics, you know, especially being a new sport, I reckon there'll be a lot more people, you know, that will be more intrigued or keen on wanting to learn how to break dance from certain B boys or people, you Know that I've been going to put it out on the floor, you know, in and August. And yeah, um, yeah, I don't know what's happening for LA, but um, it, it's odd because um, it's going to be in America and like yeah. that's
0: where it started very odd. Like that, that was, I think, the biggest baffling aspect of it for me is that of all the countries for them to cut it, the home yeah. of breaking.
1: And like it's crazy because there's a B boy in LA and he's like, Probably one of, if not the best, right now, in b boy and like he'd have probably the highest chance of, um, you know, winning it, especially in twenty twenty
0: eight. It's it's crazy to think that, but again, we we obviously hope that it can return for for Brisbane, home Olympics, home state. You know, so a kind of you know. Hopefully, hopefully. Bit up the road from Tweed Heads, but it's still you know a little bit <laughs> a little bit closer than Paris. Uh, yeah. For that. So what between now and. Paris, Jeff, I'm assuming there'll be competitions to go to and everything along those lines. But kind of do you set yourself, do you and your coach kind of sit down and kind of plan out the next period in the lead up to the Olympics to make sure that you are at your peak best ahead of those games?
1: Yeah, like we're we're like starting early with all my stuff. Like we're getting all my sets, you know, perfect right now. And we're just gonna like drill them um, all the way until um the Olympics. Then and there we're like, um, you know, put new stuff in and um, put old stuff out from my sets. But like right now it's just like just drilling my sets, nothing but drilling my sets, like routines, you know, and um, just like creating new moves that I can add and just like, just just mainly just getting myself out there.
0: Do, yeah. do you allow yourself to dream a little bit? Not necessarily, I mean, obviously we want, you know, the gold dream I can imagine or a medal, but like, I mean, do you just sort of take those moments to, Soaking that olympic experience what you're going to experience and sharing like kind of the, the the village and kind of all those little things that you will be able to come out of paris with in, in a few months time
1: yeah i do at times especially when i'm just like sitting and chilling i come like you know it just comes to my mind that i'm an olympic athlete you know and i'm going to the olympics you know in paris you know like growing up i just watched people you know in the olympics on tv and like I've only ever been to the Commonwealth Games, you know. So, this will be the first ever time I've actually been to the Olympics,
0: you know. Has anyone, so, yeah, has anyone, uh, like, has anyone reached out to you? Like, obviously, you know, someone like, uh, I know you're at the event, sort of the, the one year to go to a Paris event. So, people like Anna Mies were there and sort of another bunch of Olympians there. But, like, have you had anybody else sort of from that Olympic side of things maybe reach out to you on Instagram or somewhere else and kind of like congratulate you, wishing you luck? No,
1: not really. It's just like, I look. Bunch of breakers that I
0: know, or just a lot of my mates. Yeah. Well, we, we've got plenty of time. People listening to this, they can, uh, you know, they can get. I'm sure there's going to be plenty sort of in, in, in the lead up to that. And I mean, uh, looking through your Instagram as well, though. I mean, uh, twenty odd thousand followers, not bad. Uh, you know, that's a, that, that's all right. But I mean, I sort of reading through kind of like your career. This isn't just because of the Olympics. You've had this for a long time. You were you were back sort of back in the day having 10,000. I think as a 10-year-old, Jeff. So, like, I mean, you know, you've, yeah. you've had that going on there as well. But, I mean, I guess that's kind of fun to be able to help expose the sport as well. And I'm sure, you know, if we were to talk in 12 months' time, that's going to be like 50,000 followers, Jeff. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, then, um, like, my parents have told me, you know, like, keeping, you know, all this stuff on, especially old stuff, it also shows that, like, and people scroll, th- scroll through your profile on Instagram shows, you know, they're like, you, know, you do have that dedication and that hard work. And it's, you know, it's really paid off and shows, there's also showed, you know, how much better you have become from, you know, from the start to where you are now. And so. also shows, you know, like what you look like when you're younger. Oh,
0: exactly. Yep. It kind of goes through. And you, cause you were like, was it little big shots you were on as like 10 yeah, sort of yeah. like back in the day and like channel seven and kind of yeah, like, like, Three, three years ago. I think. It's. Yeah. Which is just, it's, it's insane to kind of see that growth and sort of where we're at now with the sport, but I, I'm guessing, I mean, you're already sort of talking with, with mum, the family, like, is this going to be like a massive done family trip to Paris come July? I mean, sort of working yes. how that's going to work. Yeah. Out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, all my, all my family is coming. So it's me, my sister, my mom, dad, my, my brother, um, his wife. And his um son, um uh, my other brother, and her wife, uh his wife I mean, wow, yeah, yeah, so like it's funny because one my my oldest brother, he lives in Perth, mm-hmm. then he's gonna fly all the way to Paris and meet us there. and my other brother, he lives all the way in New York. Wow, he's gonna fly to Paris and meet us there. Jeez, and then yeah, my coaches come in as well. And um, maybe my mate that lives in Japan, but it depends because of, like, accommodation. You need a whole hotel for this, Jeff, I think. like <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's the hardest part, accommodation. It's, like, so expensive and it's just so hard to find.
0: Oh, I think it'll be worth it, though, to be able to kind of experience everything along those lines. And, of course, it's uh, you and Rachel obviously have qualified, but there is still obviously the prospect for a couple of other Aussies, sort of uh, people who sort of finished below you guys can still go off and, and qualify in the, in the tournament he's coming up before the game so i, I guess uh, i mean we could potentially have a handful of aussies there because out, out of what the 16b boys and 16b girls it'd be nice to let's let's have three or four out there why not you know it gives a better chance of a medal right yeah
1: but like but like the, the crazy thing is that um it's the called the oqs um breaking qualification um and it's going to be held in like in shanghai and budapest and i think that's a lot harder than um the uh the oceana breaking championships because the oceana breaking championships everyone knew everyone it was just mainly aussies it was just mainly aussies There were like maybe two or three people from papua new guinea and like some other places but like going but like the people that came second third and fourth you know going to um, shanghai and budapest they're meeting like big names and some of them, especially my mate that that I beat, you know, he, he hasn't been to an international event in like years, you know, so it's going to wow. be all in for room. Well, I, I just told him and I told all of them, like, this is just great experience, especially, you know, so it's going to inspire you to like train harder, um, get better as well, you know, but like, yeah, it would be fun to see, um, you know, and then make it in that spot as well.
0: So I lo- just love that, community vibe that you're talking about and i also just love the such different stories with you and rachel making it you know here you are 16 years old youngest breaker you, you barely a couple of months older as you're saying to the the age to make the olympics and then you got rachel who's kind of this university professor who has been advocating yeah. for this sport <laughs> for such a long time and you know here she is i just i love that is she, is she kind of like a bit of a mentor for you as well kind of just with you know sort of her career that she's had in the sport She's, she's
1: more of like a big, big sister, you know. She, she's really she's really nice and really fun to talk to, you know. We get along, you know, very well, you know. I've known her for like, I think, a uh, few years now. Yeah, and it's great to have someone, you know, a lot older that has a better understanding um, of the Olympics and like breaking, you know, and telling me about like all this stuff, so yeah. It's going it
0: to was- be so fascinating to see how it obviously all – plays out we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with some fun get to know your questions but two things i need to touch on first the first one and we're gonna we're gonna clip this up so we can play this when you've got that gold medal around your neck after paris jeff but what what are the goals like what do you set yourself to go into the olympics to achieve
1: make podium obviously make gold but like at the very least i really want to make podium you know i'm I'm training like i want to train so hard you know i'm going to be that underdog that makes podium you know like People that, you know, really love to see, you know, an underdog, you know, make it, you know, all the way. You
0: know? And that's that's the Aussie way, right? We've got that sort yeah. of Aussie battler mentality going us against the world and, and taking yeah. it to there. And what better way to do that in, in break? And we've got a we've got a good track record in debut sports and meddling at debut sports. I'm thinking back to Sydney, taekwondo, triathlon, both debuts. We won medals in all of them. When it came to a couple of years ago in Tokyo, surfing, skateboarding, made their debut. We won medals in them. So I'm just saying right now, breaking, <laughs> making its debut. It, I, 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 it. <laughs> I, I, I'm putting the, the opposite on there, I'm hoping, Jeff, like to, to make it out there that we've got history in debut sports at the Olympics. So Hopefully I'll try to keep that going. I'm even thinking Winter Olympics, 94, <laughs> you know, like short track speed skating. We won our first ever medal in a brand new sport. So, hey. Like say, yeah. I'm putting it out there for you, just to say right now, you're welcome. But the biggest inspiration I've got for you right now, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something here. We have a mascot on this podcast. We've just introduced it. I'd like you to meet our mascot. Now, first of all, I want to see if you can guess what he is. First of all, a seat. Uh, you, oh, yeah chair. Yeah, exactly. A seat chair. His name is Cherry. Now, as you can Jay. see, he has a medal. He's very uh, very excited. How inspirational does looking at a chair mascot for an Olympics podcast get you for the Paris Olympics, Jeff?
1: Yeah, he gets me so pumped, you know. I feel I already feel that adrenaline, you know. I feel really keen to train right now, you know.
0: Exactly. Get off the chair. Thank you, Cherry. Yeah, Yeah, bro. yeah I love that. I love that. Do you think Cherry would be any good at breaking, though? I mean, he's got a bit of a bung leg, but I mean, I'm sure he can. He's gone through a lot of adversity to get to winning a medal. So how would he go at breaking?
1: Yeah, he'd, he'd be f- for sure good at breaking, you know. Anyone can do breaking, you know. Just set your mind to
0: it. Throw some, throw some moves down and all that kind of stuff. If Easy. We, we, how, if we were to get you a chair in some capacity, good luck, for Paris. Do you think that would work?
1: I, I, I for sure would. Um, all
0: right. Sure. Cool. And then you can think of this little medal when you've got yours around your neck in Paris. This was the moment it started. Right. That's there. right. All right. You're welcome. Thank all you. from Cherry. Exactly. Cherry is that inspiration. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Jeff, we wrap up every interview with a set of fun, get-to-know-you-style questions. Now, these were questions given to Team Canada athletes ahead of the Rio and Pyeongchang Olympics. There's always, if you want, a drawing element, if you if you so do wish. How are your drawing skills? They're <laughs> yeah, all right.
1: Actually, I do answer. I should be oh, all right.
0: well. Yeah. On that level, this might get you excited. So if you want to, in between now and when we release this, feel free, you can send it, we put it on social media. So your options are draw what you think the coolest Olympic medal would look like. There's also the option to draw a picture of yourself, which I think that would be a fun one. Maybe you with Cherry. Could we get you, like, breaking with Cherry?
1: I might have to do all of them, Oh. With gold medal, you know, me and cherry, yeah, for I'll, sure. I'll flick
0: these through to you because I really want to see this cherry. And the other one, uh, the op- they gave the Canadian athletes draw a picture of a Canadian animal, but, of course, we could make that an Australian animal. Again, unless you really want to draw a Canadian animal, that's completely fine. But <laughs> I, l- let's stick with one. Let's not make it difficult. If you want to do all three, great. But I, I'm, I'm 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 putting it on you. Draw a picture of yourself with cherry breaking.
1: <laughs> yeah i'll do that. I'll, I'll draw a picture of me you know standing and i'll draw a picture of cherry you know dancing on
0: the floor and i'll send it to you i love it uh, you, you're my new favorite guest jeff thank you for that i'm, I'm <laughs> gonna i'm gonna hold you to that but uh, we will start off with the first question for you the greatest olympian of all time is is this like a quiz it, it, it's just your opinion your opinion who whoever you think it would be usain bolt usain bolt love it I, I, I absolutely and that goes back to the running, what you were talking about before, right? What yeah. you wanting to be? Were you were you a sort of a, a sprinter, a, a long distance, middle distance? What was your speciality? Well,
1: like it, it, it changed. Like I used to be, you know, I'm really good at long distance. Like I used to be really good at cross country. But then I just one day just disliked it so much that I just started getting good at you know um, 100 meters and 200 meters. I think it was just because of still watching a lot of Usain Bolt.
0: <laughs> that works. Very inspirational. I like that. Uh, I, I'm scared for your answer for this one, knowing your age. Uh what was the first Olympics you remember watching?
1: Uh probably. Probably the 2016 Rio? Okay, 2016? not
0: too bad. I was worried you were gonna to say Tokyo, and then that would just make me real. But that's still, you know, 20 okay. No, no I I get that. Uh if you could have any superpower, uh, what would it be?
1: Oh. Um, Probably unlimited stamina from a breaking. Room. That's a good one. Endurance. Uh, Some that would really help my breaking. I really like I don't think we've
0: ever had that one before. That's a that's a well, solid like, one. If it, if
1: it wasn't for breaking up, just like
0: super space. Yeah, go for that one. But no, but I like that that endurance one. That that one would definitely come in, in handy. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. I'm,
1: I'm a chocolate guy. I only really like chocolate. I don't like any other flavors, eh?
0: Straight down the chocolate barrel. What's your, Are you uh, just like a, a, a milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white, or just it doesn't matter? Just milk chocolate. Just
1: snow milk. milk chocolate. I'm just a simple guy.
0: Good. I like it. Nothing wrong with that. That's that's what you want, right? Uh, you're going gonna to answer. There's a question here, which I mean, I think we just got answered. Your, your guilty pleasure snack is chocolate? Yeah. Right. Cho- chocolate, I like.
1: But the thing is, I don't like having too much chocolate or else I feel like way too sick. I can only have like, like, just like a little bar. That's it.
0: That works. Is it ever a case of like, you're talking about that sugar hit with the Coke. Can you just have a bar of chocolate instead?
1: Nah, because I'm like, um, like Coke is that like thing. I don't know. I had Coke once for a competition. And I just, I just dominated, you know, and ever <laughs> since then I've just had Coke for like, Every competition.
0: I'm just saying right now, as an official sponsor of the Olympic Games Coke, if you're listening, get get (laughs) Jeff on the books. This is the the best advocate for your product ever. An Olympian skull in a couple of cans of Coke before he goes out and competes. (laughs) This is the most right, Olympic sponsor segment right now ever. So uh, <laughs> Coke, <what do> you <laughs> <learn>? <laughs> come on, Coke, get on board, get on board. Um, this is an interesting one, I guess, for breaking, because you, obviously you have music that you're competing to. But if you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up music be? So I guess, can you have like a walk-up song as you get on to the, the mat to perform?
1: We've never really had walk-up songs, but like we've just had the DJ just give us like cool background music. That we walk up on but if there was like a walk up on like background music that i'd have it'd probably be like
0: some james brown beat or something oh ah, nice. i really like I okay i like that not not where i thought you were going with that but no I, I, that, that would be fun i don't i don't know if i really need to ask you this question what's the best nickname you've ever been called i mean jay attack are there other nicknames outside of J attack that you you have had
1: um, my, my other favorite one, apart from JTAC, is just Jeffy. Jeffy. Everyone calls me Jeffy. Yep.
0: Yeah, okay, that works. I will say, uh, I don't know if we've ever sort of announced it on air, when we, when we had Rachel on, I gave her the challenge to get me a B-boy name and her husband gave me, helped her out. So My B-boy name is B-boy Worthy. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, it fits with it fits with my my last name, but uh, I I don't know if I had the cred to be able to pull it off there, Jeff. But uh, I need to use it more in conversation, and maybe it can stick a little bit more. So, uh, cool. what could Cherry have? What would what, what could we have a b boy name for Cherry?
1: There, there's a certain move. It's called a chair freeze or an air chair. Uh, so I reckon a good one would be just like b boy air chair or something.
0: B boy air ch- chair. Okay. There yeah. you go. Use it in the drawing. B-boy air chair. I like it. Yeah. Getting more credit every time we get other guests on the show. I love it. Uh, if you weren't <laughs> an athlete, uh, what would you be? If
1: I wasn't an athlete, what would I be? Yeah, I've, no, I've never thought about this question, eh? It's just like. If you didn't do this sport, what other sport would you do? But, like, if I wasn't an athlete...
0: You're still so young, though. I feel this question is just like asking a genuine 16-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because you're still there, so...
1: <laughs> I think i, I think I just, like, be a physiotherapist. Something to do with sport. You yeah. Know, some, some job to do with sport. That works. That works.
0: Uh, if there was a movie about your life, who would play you? Who would play me? Oh... Hmm,
1: he, he's short,
0: brown, and, like, <laughs> and built. Uh, I was going to say The Rock, but he's not short. Kevin Hart. Ke- hey, there you go. <laughs> All I you got to do it. is just bust the moves. Exactly. Like, I'm sure, like, he he was doing, um, like, uh, punditry during the Olympics for NBC back during Tokyo with The Rock. So, he's going to be watching yeah. you next year. Just saying. You're gonna yeah,
1: whoever have- wants to do a, you know. Act me, you know, Kevin Hart. Where you at?
0: <laughs> yep, he, he, he'll he'll know who you are in a few months' time. Don't you worry about that. What's the most recent TV show that you binge watched?
1: Recent TV show that I binge watched. Um, I'm not really on TV that much, you know. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm always busy, so. But the most recent TV show I've watched. Like Pokemon or something.
0: Hey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that answer. I grew up on Pokemon. That's a great one. I like it. Uh, your favourite place in the world to compete is? Oh, lately, it's just been Europe. Europe. Nice and, and convenient. The Olympics are there then. That, yeah, fun.
1: anywhere in Europe, especially... Amsterdam and Hong Sick.
0: Has there been a test event yet? Like, obviously, I realise where the the Paris event is going to be is literally under the Eiffel Tower, so I don't know how like feasible that is to set up that already. But like, has there been yeah. a test event? Been able to compete and see where you will be competing?
1: Not that I've heard of.
0: No, no. But usually they do sort of in the lead up. But I mean that that's pretty epic competing under the Eiffel Tower. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be
0: sick actually. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty spectacular with that one. What's your favorite video game?
1: Favorite video game? Oh, right now it's been on um, FIFA.
0: Nice. Do you play, like, what is it, do you do the ultimate team? Like, what do you sort of do, like, just a certain league? Like, kind of, what do you generally well, play?
1: Well, since I don't have, like, a console or anything, I just do it on my phone. I just play FIFA mobile. And I just right. play, like, like coins.
0: Fun. Who's your team? Who's your go-to team you play as?
1: Oh well, I like my own team, but I always use Real Madrid.
0: Okay, okay, that that, that that's fair. They got some good players. Uh, what's your biggest fear in life? Biggest fear in life. Biggest fear in
1: life. Probably, I don't know. Probably getting fat. Eh. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that
0: that that is a very good one. I mean, the, the beauty of you. Like, I love this conversation because honestly, if you sat here and said, I drink a lot of Coke, that's probably going to help you that. But you, you're so fit when you're going and exercising that it's working. So you kind of got that going for you. Yeah, next. that's probably
1: my biggest fear right now, just getting
0: fat. Eh? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I don't think that would help much in breaking, would it? Like
1: no, not at all. Oh well, there are some b boys I've seen on Instagram that are like pretty, pretty chubby, but they like, they can throw themselves around perfectly fine.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's not a weight division sport, but hey, if it works, yeah, you know, it works. Not? It works. Last question for you, Jeff. What's one thing you can't live without?
1: One thing I can't live without. Ooh, probably probably my dance floor. do thing I'd live without my dance floor. All my parents, if you, if you want
0: to be more. Hey, respectful, yeah. I, I, I respect both. I like that. I, I, I do love reading a, a quote actually just about your, uh, and dad about dancing. We're saying uh, how you like to dance together and you say, my mum and dad are not so good, but they do make me laugh a lot. So, uh, You often (laughs) try and throw it down with the parents and try and get them to uh, take you on? Especially, yeah, it's
1: very embarrassing, but as long as no one else but me sees, it's fine.
0: (laughs) Hey, I'm sure if, uh, you know, any parents listening to this had children who were Olympians, if they could try and take you on in something, right? Like they they would do that. Jeff, it's been a lot of fun learning about your journey and obviously heading in towards Paris. I I mentioned obviously Instagram, quite big on there. Where can people follow you between now and and Paris to stay up to date with everything that you've got going on?
1: Right now, just Instagram. Uh, just search up Jeff Dunn, and the, my tag will be J underscore underscore attack.
0: Beautiful. Uh, well, we the, will in- we will tag you, of course, in that uh, on this post when we share it. But it's absolute pleasure to be able to. Uh, chat and learn and me. we will be keeping an eye on very, very close uh, the inspiration of Cherry, everything along those lines. We look forward to seeing that drawing, but mate, good luck for Paris and we'll definitely get you back on to talk about your so Olympic experiences.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And a big, massive thanks to Jeff there for his time and to Jeff's mum too, Rhonda, who uh, helped us organize that as well a great chat and so glad that we're able to get Jeff on the show to learn a lot about that just fascinating insight just into the mentality of that weekend only getting a couple hours sleep and just the nerves and everything that hit him heading into that tournament but if you actually do head to the Australian Olympic Committee's social media pages and see the performances that jeff put on just that energy that raw passion that comes out from him when he finishes his moves in that final is is great to see and so good to learn that people can drink cans of coke and basically use it to their advantage in a sport at the olympics so in all seriousness coca-cola you're listening sponsor jeff he's ready to go official drink of the olympics be the official drink of australian olympic breaker jeff dunn and cherry as well as a b-boy name who doesn't love that now so uh Cherry getting all the street cred that he needs heading in to the Olympics. But a massive thanks to Jeff, of course, for his time. And if you want to see the video version of that, as always, available on YouTube for you to check out right now. We have got some more great interviews and items coming your way here on Off the Podium. Next week, we will be speaking to an Australian paratriathlete, Anu Francis. Now, Anu really is just an enigma when it comes to sport. She has tried so many different things, was so close to qualifying for the Tokyo Olympics in rowing and then just narrowly missed out, turned her hand to triathlon and has been doing absolutely amazing things in that sport and is a surety basically to head to her first ever Paralympics later this year. And I'm so glad that we're able to get a Paralympian on the show because it has been too long between drinks With us getting a paralympian on the show so i'm very excited to bring that one for you next week so stay tuned for that a new francis next week you will get a lot out of that one as well and plenty of other great content coming down your speakers search for off the podium on all good social media platforms as well as wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode or never miss a post and we always like to hear from you what do you think of the show we'd love to hear from you what do you think of cherry what do you think of the olympics coming up how excited are, are you for them and of course, a lot of great coverage that we've got coming up between now and then. So you will be wanting to stay tuned right here to Off the Podium to never miss a minute of all of it. Big thanks again to Jeff. Thanks again to everybody for listening. Remember as always, put a sock in a Mountain. You took the words right out of my mouth. The Birmingham ball, all of those fun stuff. Jason Momoa. My name is Ben. Thanks for tuning in to Off the Podium. As always, remember to go left. <laughs>